It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. delightful and in studio with us we've got we've got another person we don't really let a lot of people into the studio so i hope she's feeling special we've got well, mostly Carol people Cole choose not us. to come back i, I, I think cool or cool cool or cool like this like the store Coles. okay cool, cool. great so carol carol showed up for some of the 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 zoom you know bought recording with zoom listeners and with listeners on zoom things and she was delightful and and she's she's wanting to put her voice out there more early learning stuff she's going to be actually sharing some of her stuff on the playvolution hq site and i invite her to to join us for some recording because she's just fun and she drinks out of a giant mug so you know we don't we have standards but they're not really delineated every place um (laughs) the bar is set you could trip on it yeah it's it's set to hey jeff thinks this person will be interesting so carol you've got a lot of pressure on you um welcome tell us something about yourself thanks it's really wild to be here um something about me this is like my worst topic to talk about. Okay, me. I'll I'll give you a, I'll give you a prompt. Uh, you almost bought a Muppet shirt twice this week, and you haven't done so yet. Talk to us about that. Oh yeah, I it it's one of those things. Like I'm not like big on social media. I try to stay off, but um, we're, we homeschool, so like a lot of our homeschool groups and like events, I have to go on and check the date or whatever. And every time I does, Facebook gives me this ad for a Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem shirt. And sure. I, it's hard to not just, yes, purchase, purchase two. I'll wear one all the time. I'll it's wear just, one while the other one's in the wash. Like I just, I love them. And then they so are why, a pinnacle of American music. It, it is. Why haven't you, why haven't you, uh, why haven't you bought it yet? Are you waiting? You're hoping your husband will get it to you for Valentine's day or. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to happen. He has me on like the five-year plan for Valentine's day. Like it's not acknowledged in like every five years I get like a big present uh-huh. it's not the fifth year so <laughs> <laughs> a, a t-shirt would be a big present <laughs> no you usually it's like a like a computer like oh like a, okay like apple okay. product like big present um no you know i'm like trying to be responsible and like i don't you know try to be more minimalist yeah i don't need we don't, all we don't need all the stuff. t-shirts. Okay, I can I can yeah. respect that. So we're going to get into the topic of why why I think, and I think you guys might agree with me, uh, the importance of, of maybe having some breakable things in the early learning space in a moment. But I've got to I've got to pick your brains on something. I I don't 
I rarely remember my dreams, like my, my, whoa, my dream to have a podcast someday when I was six. Uh, sure, that one came true, but I, I mean, sleepy time dreams, rarely remember them. And I woke up the other morning with a, mem a partial memory, a glimpse of part of a dream. So I, I, I assume I, I do dream, I just don't remember them because I'm too busy sleeping or something. And so I thought maybe you could help me, help me pick a pick this apart because some people say dreams mean things and um and so tell me what this means so i i dreamt that the, the part i remember is i was getting chewed out scolded by somebody i don't remember it was a female human uh i i know that for pooping in somebody's coffee pot um so thoughts is that the grown-up version of like peeing in someone's Cheerios? Is that uh, I mean, what that is? Maybe. I feel, so I feel like on face value, the first thing that sticks out to me is that I don't find this to be an incredibly unlikely scenario. <laughs> like if you, if someone came to me and said somebody pissed Jeff off so much, he defecated in their coffee pot, I would have said in a curate, it's very small. Or do you mean like a large one? And then, you know, just, Oh, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't particularly faze me. I think if me, okay, what if we, what if we go deeper into mm -hmm. if we take it not literally, but metaphorically, Jeff, is there someone that you'd like to defecate in their coffee pot? Would you like to rain on their parade? This is going to be my new rain on my parade saying, by the way, I'm going to say somebody <laughs> like, wow, you're really shitting in my you're, coffee You're really pot right pooping now. in my coffee pot. Um, no, look, I'm a lover of people. Um, so I, I, build, I, I bear no ill will against anyone that I, that I know of. I mean, you know, categories of people, bureaucrats, politicians, uh, that kind of thing, but nobody, you know, specifically. And, and look, I, I'm also lazy, so I, I couldn't, couldn't imagine going to the trouble of abscounding with somebody's coffee pot or sneaking into their kitchen or break room um and and it's a lot of effort yeah yeah and and the you know part of me was like hey awesome because i must have i mean just the 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 spatial awareness sensory awareness of your body in space the aim i mean the, the spy abilities to break into someone's kitchen slash break room slash office in order to pull this off, except okay, was there any sense of how this angry woman caught you? No, no, I was just getting scolded like, "Hey, you don't poop in the coffee pot." Hey, and you can't do that. <laughs> That's I wonder, real like, bad. the location of the coffee pot. Like, was it in her home? Was it an office coffee pot? I, I feel I like don't that, even... that that'll steer it one way were, or another. Were you in Congress? Was I, it Nancy Pelosi who not, was yelling at not, you? <laughs> not that I know of. Um, no, I, as far as I know, she drinks like vodka and whiskey. I don't think she drinks a lot of coffee. Uh, Nancy's uh, pretty liquored up all the time. That's what I heard on the grapevine. Um, okay, well, let's move along from this because it's mostly disgusting, but I wrote it down. I, gotta, I keep a list of things to talk about at the beginning of the podcast. And then we can check that one off. And um, this one was like, this was on the top of the list. This one like made it past other ones. Well, only because I scrolled the <laughs> list. So it just finally made it to the top. Um, there you go. So um, now six minutes into the show, maybe we should get started on the topic. So With the three listeners that are left. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, no, there's going to be some people that get some weird fetish and they're going to be like listening to that ah. for six minutes over and over again. Um, so breakable stuff in early learning settings. Thoughts? I dig it. 
I tend to migrate more towards things that will break than a ton of things that won't break. I think my my preference in like break, like I don't enjoy a ton of like, how would I put this? Like a, a ton of like my grandmother's antique porcelain dolls and dramatic play. Like I'm not gonna sure. go towards that, sure. but I would gravitate towards storing paints or crayons in like little glass jars. So the the priceless, either emotionally or financially priceless uh, uh, knickknacks you wouldn't put in the dramatic play area. Yeah. But um, Carol, what do you think? This one was weird for me because I run on the anxious side. So in the beginning, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like I like to think I'm, I'm like, oh, free kid, you know, it's fine. But then I was like, oh, glass, I don't know. And then actually when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, oh, wait, but I would give them like those dollar store mirrors all the time. Sure. And those are glass. And like, and those, those break in a horrifying fashion. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess it's fine. Like, and my kids had like, and I bought it for them and I was just like drawn to it. Like it was like a porcelain, like teacup set, like from Ikea, they're like little cups and it was like porcelain sure. teacups and saucers. And I remember I bought them for, like for my girls and I was like, I don't, I'm like, maybe they'll break them, but I just liked so much that they were porcelain because it's got like a different weight and a different feel. And it's nice. not going to like rust like those, you know, like tin kettle things. Yeah. And and I think like one or two of them got broken, but neither was by them. It was like an adult taking it from here to there who ended up breaking one of them, not them. So I was like, yeah, well, I guess then why not? Yeah, uh, I, I love that you mentioned just like the fact that drew you in and like the aesthetic quality of it because that yeah. is a big thing for me with glass or with porcelain or anything like that I I like the way it looks I like the weight of it in my hand I like having that variety of texture and material around either just to look at or to store things or to manipulate you know if it's a tea set or something else we my current program was donated apparently a bajillion years ago um because I just found it in like the recesses of a storage unit um little like coffee cups and plates from an airline so Ooh. they're made of porcelain but it's really heavy duty because mm -hmm. they're like both going through commercial washers every day so they're really mm -hmm. cool I actually did put those in sort of the like more heavily dramatic play area of the classroom because I thought they were really interesting and the first thing that happened is one girl picked it up and brought it over to me and said we can't have this <laughs> <laughs> the class. I'm like, oh no, I'm actually cool with that. You you can have that here. I don't mind. What? Yeah, you can. I mean, it'll break if you slam it on the floor. Sure. But it's carpeted in there, and you know, I trust you all. And then she immediately like clutched it towards her chest and walked away. Like she now had this very special thing, and that's the only one a lot of them will touch now. Like we have a wooden cup thing in there. None of them want that. They want the porcelain one. The very special thing she had was Sam's trust. Right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, the 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 plate might have been a symbol of that, but but having some breakable stuff out in the program and and uh, you guys have touched. I put a list of things. To, I mean, I got six things on my list about why this is valuable stuff, and you guys have touched on a couple of them. But I mean, the first one is is it shows you trust them. There are way too many early learning settings where everything is so safe that kids have 
they they have no understanding that they're they're trusted trusted as capable and functioning human beings because everything is just so I mean, plastic and bubble wrapped and on one level, and there's there's no opportunity for for the the everyday give and take of moving about and accidentally breaking something because nothing is breakable. Everything is everybody's everybody's bubble wrapped and nothing is breakable. And so there's not a, a lot of opportunity for kids to build the trust of adults. And so if you have an environment where like this little girl you're talking about, they get trusted with something that's breakable. Uh, I, I'm sure did her. I'm sure her face lit up. Oh, she was so excited. Yeah, and it was really cool, like to to kind of be a part of that and see her almost in a way transform her view of herself because she, you know, self reported to me like we can't have this. Yeah, and when I told her, no, you can. And, and you base- could, you, but- you could almost see her like change and be like, oh, I I am a safe person. I'm yeah. totally capable of this. Yeah, because basically what she's saying when she said we we can't have this, she was saying we can't be trusted with this. Yeah, somebody and, else couldn't trust me with this, yeah, or somebody yeah. else didn't think to try to trust me with this. Mm-hmm. Now I I visited a lot of early no well I, I it's been a while um, I visited a lot of early learning programs and look the programs I get invited to visit said I mean it's a self selecting group right um, and and so most of them are are what I would call pretty good early learning programs. I mean, play-based, a lot of the stuff we talked about on the show for just about 800 episodes. Um, And still in the States, I don't see the breakable stuff as much as I do in Canada and Canada, probably less so than in Australia. I mean, in Australia, I, I visited lots of programs where, where at tea time, snack time, it was it was all breakable cups, uh, teacups, and saucers, and and everything all the time. And and you know the art material stored in in glass jars, and you know the mason jars and that kind of stuff. And and um, very rarely did I hear hey, we had to stop doing that because everybody kept throwing the jars on the uh, on the ground and then slicing their wrists open. I mean, it, it just, it doesn't happen when stuff breaks, you know, you clean it up and then, then you move on with the day. Yeah, is, I, oh no, Carol, you go. Because my question is semi Like places like that, I think they're just a lot more open-ended. Like, and when you have like free play and it's an open classroom and the kids have ownership of their classroom, you're, you're not going to see like the quote unquote behavioral issues that we tend to see a lot in the States because everything is so structured that the kids are kind of going bananas. And they're, you know, I, I could see it now. Some teachers are like, you want me to put glass? I have kids throwing chairs. Well, maybe if you didn't make him do worksheets for three hours a day, he wouldn't feel like throwing a chair. Or maybe if he felt like someone actually saw him or her and heard him or her, he wouldn't feel like he had to throw a chair at you to get your attention. And I think, you know, it's just, it's so much more stressful because we're worried about things like breaking and this, that, and the other, that the kids are stressed out, that they're seeing things that like, well, I can't possibly give them glass, where if they would just relax and let them play, kids don't naturally just smash things when they get them. They want to use them for something, especially if it's something that they think that they won't get back. that observation is why carol was invited to be a guest on the show (laughs) Um, no absolutely um the those kids that are look the kids who want to smash stuff too 
I think we need to make a make a place for that. Now, I'm not saying maybe we need to give them all porcelain plates to just smash in the playground like they're at a Greek Rainbow. wedding. Um, although that would be fun, though. Although it would be it'd be damn fun. I mean, there's those places you can go in those smash places. You can go in and pay however much, and then you you get to take a sledgehammer to a room. Yeah, just smash stuff. Um, I, 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 there are plenty of kids out there with the the anxiety provoking lives that we adults are are forcing upon them that they could use some version of that. But that's the thing. Most kids, they feel trusted and, and they want to, they want to keep that trust. And so one of the other things I've got in the list is that having that breakable stuff is, is an opportunity to give kids the, the chance to practice being careful. Because that's not something that we just naturally do, especially in an environment where nothing is breakable. You don't you don't have to be careful with and when everything is made of plastic. Um, but when you're in an environment where there are some breakable things, you have to be a little bit more thoughtful and a, a little bit more mindful as you as you move about and engage and move things and play. And and the way we get good at being careful is is to practice. And so kids kids need that. And if they're not getting it at home and they're not getting into their early learning setting, then they're probably not getting it. I mean, unless it's like out on the street, like, uh, yeah. Hey, hey, Kimmy, you want to you want to come over and practice being careful? Um, and so they're probably not getting it out on the street either, huh? No, and I think too, kind of to both of those, the point that you made, Carol, and your point, Jeff. It's also it's more work might be the wrong term for like more work for educators it's more of a mindset shift like when a child is learning to use the toilet we anticipate that they're going to pee on the floor we know it will happen or, we know it coffee, will probably happen the coffee pot yeah or poop in the coffee pot <laughs> we know it's gonna happen we know it's gonna happen when they're standing over the carpet and not in the grass or on the tile we we're ready for that and when it happens we don't yell at these kids and talk about how our you know we can't do this anymore and our day is ruined we get the paper towels, we get the bleach, we clean it up, we section off the area, we help the kid get changed, we move on. And the same thing can happen when you've got breakable stuff in your classroom. When we had a kid, because I've sort of started implementing glass jars this year and they've been sort of banned and I kind of just didn't ask, I just sort of did it. Um, that method might not work for you. <laughs> so I, I started and I brought them out, there's like a big concrete slab on our playground that's where we do a lot of like playing with balls or drawing with chalk and I had chalk paint in it that I'd made and one of the kids picks up the chalk paint and goes to run with the chalk paint and immediately trips sure I'm like yeah that that can happen and of course the glass shattered and a little bit of it cut like the inside of her palm not mm -hmm. very very superficial cut and she was she didn't even notice at first um and when that happened that gave us a chance to figure out, okay, how do we clean up glass? So the first thing we need to do is tell everybody around us, hey, some glass broke, please go play somewhere else. And then we go get the broom and then we sweep as much as we can. And then we get the hose and we hose whatever else we can. And we make sure we get all of it into the dustpan. And then we throw it immediately in a, you know, a, an old bucket that we were already gonna get rid of or a box or something. And then we throw that in the garbage and then we're done. And then we go get a new jar because we still want to paint. And it wasn't this huge, big deal. It was not the end of the world. We did not stop painting. I still bring up the chalk paints in those jars all the time. And after that, they've all kind of learned, especially her. 
um, you know, how, how oh, many hey. more, how many more has she broke? None. Hmm. <laughs> Almost as if she learned how to be careful. Yeah. Well, they know. Oh, we shouldn't run with the glass jars. We also shouldn't run through that area mm -hmm. when people are painting because there are the glass jars on the floor because people tend to sit while they paint on the ground. So, you know, if we're going to go there, we got to walk or just stay away from the area while people are painting. And, and so you, you just gave a great example of one of the other things I've got on my list is having breakable stuff in the classroom is a chance to practice making mistakes. So she yep. made a mistake. She ran with the glass jar. It crashed. Um, what do you do? Well, no, the sky's not falling. Life goes on. We clean it up. We make sure that we get all the pieces because, you know, with the, we could cut ourselves on this. And then, and then we move on with our lives. We're living in a world where kids in third and fourth grade are having anxiety attacks because they're, they're so convinced they have to have the right answers and, and, and be quote unquote, right and perfect and, and correct all the time that that they they don't have a comfort level with making mistakes i'd rather have environments where kids get to practice making mistakes like breaking something um and, and learn from that because the the way you learn how to weather mistakes is again to practice it and if you if you haven't had the chance to to make a mistake um whether it's pooping in a a coffee pot or breaking the glass uh, you know the mistake uh, we all make <laughs> Just that accidentally, or or breaking oh, no. the uh, the uh, the mason jar that the uh, the chalk paint is in, um, then you get to be an adult who doesn't handle mistakes well, and that's that's a hard life to live. I I, I know some adults who have a hard time making mistakes, and they yeah. seem stressed and anxious and unsure of themselves. And I mean, do we necessarily want to create children? that have those mindsets. Yeah, I would, I would so much rather have my children feel like they can mess up all the time in my classroom and try again, than I would have them feel like if they do something wrong, they are wrong in some way. Yeah. Like I'm not, I model making mistakes all the time, mostly because I tend to make a lot of mistakes, especially when I spell stuff. I make so many spelling errors. It's remarkable. And I, I think of myself as a relatively decent writer, but like sometimes I will skip a word. So then I model, oh, I, sp I skipped a word. I'm going to cross that out and then I'm going to write it to the side. Like we're, we're not going to make a, we don't have to have the whole day end when we've made a mistake. We can clean it up. We can move on. Also importantly about that girl who got hurt because I know some people are wondering. And when I say hurt again, she, the middle of her palm was sliced very slightly. It was relatively superficial. Um, we did what we do with any injury report. You know, we cleaned it up. I inspected that one for a lot of dirt. And like, if there was any little glass, there wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, cleaned it up, put a bandaid on it. Before I put the bandaid on, I took a picture of it. I sent it to her family, you know, saying, hey, Cora got cut when she tripped. She was holding a jar. It broke. Um, she's put a bandaid on it. She said she doesn't need an ice pack. We've told her if it hurts, definitely let us know. But she can, you know, she's still holding things. She's run, still running around. She seems totally fine. But we'll let you know if anything changes. Um, literally no response. Like I had to go and ask the parents later, like, oh, is Cora's hand okay? Like, oh yeah, she's fine. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. She's fine. They were not out for blood. Sure. They didn't think we now needed to ban glass. They were completely understanding that their child tripped because she's like that and <laughs> broke a glass jar and got hurt and is fine. Like Carol, she bounced Fox. right back. 
you know, I just like think I'm like, I can't imagine that none of these kids' households has glass in it and that no one's ever dropped the glass in their house. Like, like for it to be such a foreign concept, like, oh, oh, glass broke. That's it. We're all done for. We're terrible people. We cannot move on. Like, like there has to be glass in households and sometimes it breaks. I mean, yeah. fairly regularly if you're my husband doing dishes and especially if it's my things, but I digress. But it's like, why? And I don't, it, it's hard to understand for me sometimes why, because even though I was like, oh, like I got worried about it and then I just thought about it. And like, even I was, you know, talking to my own children about like, oh, like, because they like, oh, like glass and stuff in classrooms. And my, my younger daughter's seven and she's like, oh, that's probably not good because it's going to break. And I said, well, how do you think we could learn not to break glass? And my 10 year old goes, well, you should probably practice handling glass then. And I was like, okay, so the 10 year old gets it, but we have, you know, and how many staff handbooks does it say like, no, no breakables in, in the classroom. Like we say we want to teach them skills, but then we put them in spots yeah. where they can't possibly learn the skill. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, I mean, the whole idea of being able to make mistakes, one, and being able to be careful with stuff, those are, those are two kind of life skills that you kind of, kind of hope that your other, other adult humans will have when they, when they are out about in the world on their own. Yeah. But for, for me, I want more, them to practice it. More, more important than being able to count to 10 when you're three or four. I'd rather have you being able to be a little bit more mindful when you're three or four. But I'm I'm kind of a dick about that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I, another one on the list, and we kind of touched on that is is just you, you learn about natural consequences. Um, and, and again, yeah. your example, Sam, is is perfect. Um, the natural consequences of breaking the breakable thing is you might get cut, and you got to clean up a mess. I mean, we and and so it, it's it's not complicated. It's it's not hard, but it's it's something you know we want kids to understand how how the world works and. One of the ways the world works when it's working is that you are responsible for the consequences of your actions. And this is a chance to learn a little bit about that. Yeah. And it's funny too, because so many kindergarten curriculums are just absolutely high on cause and effect mm -hmm. in reading. Like that is their favorite thing. Like children will learn cause and effect. Like, well, how about we just do some cause and effect? Yeah. Also, spoiler alert, everything is cause and effect, but yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Like, We'll make sure they can really identify that. Like the cause was you running with the glass and the effect was it broke and your hand got cut. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to have some breakable stuff in my classroom and you need to convince your, your, your supervisor or something, um, explain it as a, as a, this is the STEM activity. This is a chance yep. to learn cause and effect relationships. Um, and, and, and I would, also, you can definitely go at it from the um, like eco angle, right? Like the green angle, because um, the, ma the majority, actually all of the glass in the classroom currently that I have is just jars I've already eaten things out of and washed and brought in. Like, oh, good, good, good that you point out you yeah, washed it. I thing. washed it. Well, we had that thing about the, you had that one episode about the toilet paper rolls that couldn't be brought in. Because yeah. the people were worried that they weren't clean. Yeah. So I feel like I should really spend Only from trusted sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're washed. So like glasses so, basically So you free. say. They're so I claim. <laughs> so yeah, another one. Too. Use it as a mosaic. Once it smashes, oh, it's an art project. <laughs> yeah, woo! Well, I mean, 
I mean, uh, you mix up some uh, some some uh, wet cement and you take your little shards of colored glass and you got uh, you do have an art project. So yeah, you put on put on a the little kid sized cute little leather gloves. Um, I would I would totally do that. Um, I so have previously given children safety goggles and a hammer and let sure. them smash tile. Like I put it in a towel uh -huh. and then I tell them like let's see what happens. Like smash it, go for it, and they. Like we were talking about like a breaking room earlier. If you've got some kids that like get very physically angry and need to release it, mm -hmm. go have them make a mosaic, go have them stash some tile. It is, they, they will be very tired and it is really, really cool. Like, yeah. like again, that cause and effect, they really, they love to hit it, check it, hit it, check it. And, and and every once in a while you get that kid you you don't the pieces are are sand like you don't have any anything to make the mosaic out of because yep. they like, they hammer so aggressively too. yeah yeah so the other two I've got on the list you you guys touched on this uh, when we were when we were getting started started is it's a sensory experience having something that's a little bit heavier that has a different texture compared to all the plasticky stuff that we're touching all the time is going to be a different sensory experience um, and so that's beneficial and the other one you touched on is is the aesthetics of it um, because there again there's that that look to the breakable stuff and and you can actually I mean you can look at stuff and you can look at it and from across the room and say oh that's breakable from the other side of the room Mm -hmm. um once you get to once you get to know stuff and so just that ability to be able to so i mean then you get the uh the whole uh uh visual discrimination thing looking at that thing that's a wooden block and it's not breakable that's a glass jar and it is breakable just by looking at them so it is a i mean there's that that learning of visual discrimination going on there too so there's a there's a lot of good stuff going on with a little bit of breakable stuff in the classroom it really is and again stuff will break. It's not a matter of if, it's just when. The majority of the time when it breaks, it's not a huge deal. You know, something breaks and then you can sweep it up and you can teach them how to use a flashlight to look for little pieces of glass. Like if it breaks on the floor, I've done yeah. that many times. I've, I've showed them how to like use, use a flashlight and then you shine it on the floor. And if you see something that's kind of sparkly, kind of glittery, oops, that means there's more glass there. We got to go sweep it again. I love that. I think it's magic. So last night I was uh, emptying the dishwasher. The, the dishes were clean. Um, and I, I broke, I broke a, a saucer, a little teacup saucer that was, was, uh, uh, that had used to be then Tasha's grandma's and, um, it did jump out of my hand and onto the counter and then onto the floor and it was shattered all over the place. And so, I'm like, and Tasha wasn't around. I'm like, I told the dogs, you guys be quiet. Don't hear some treats. Don't narc on me. And I, I cleaned it up as best I could, which, you know, I'm not really good at the cleaning, but I, I didn't want her to be walking around the kitchen barefoot and step on something. So I, I, I did an extra good job. And, and then I was like, do I take the garbage out? Do I confess to this? Does she count these things? Um, and I felt mildly bad about it all night. Although, I mean, this isn't, I mean, grandma like used that stuff like for Sunday dinner or whatever. And then it sat around for a while and we've had it. And we've just been using it as daily stuff. And so stuff has been broken before. Um, and, but I was still, because the whole grandma connection, I felt bad about it. And so, so, uh, about, uh, I don't know, nine 30 this morning, I confessed and, uh, and, um, uh, we're still well, and that's why you're recording out from a doghouse. That's yeah, why. Yeah, that's why. That's why, you're <laughs> that's why I'm out by out by the dumpster. Um, no, uh, I was I was forgiven, and we're still happily married. So, uh, uh, thanks, thanks, babe, uh, for keeping me around. Um, I, think I would argue that that's another great reason to have breakable stuff. 
because when we give someone that trust of yes you can use the smug the sauce it's whatever and it breaks there is always that moment of oh god oh god oh shit oh no mm-hmm. do i do i tell sam that this broke do i say do i say jeff broke it like do do i say i sure. broke it do i say i found it broken what do i do so now you're kind of teaching you're giving them the opportunity to learn integrity in this way of what happens now you know it feels I'm sure it felt pretty gross like you felt bad to have to say that you felt good that you're finally you know telling Tasha what happened and bad that it had happened at all because oh how is this going to reflect on me and then at the end of the day you know you're still happily married so everything's gonna be okay what do I put this on my list is that that social emotional ethical learning sure the other person that, gets yeah. the practice um, grace then too like they know right. that things break so the other person's like oh well you know that sucks I liked that but I know things break you know yeah. I think kids need help well not help but like practice forgiving too like sure it happens right yeah yeah um now the big question is did I subconsciously break it on person uh, on purpose because I knew we would be recording this today and, and I wanted to have a story Again, with the as as with the coffee pot situation, I would not put this past you. I wouldn't be surprised if things just happen at you and mm-hmm. around you. But I'm not. I'm not ruling it out. I I just don't think I'm that deep that I would have <laughs> have a subconscious that would be that many steps ahead in the game. Um, so I, breakables. You didn't break the coffee pot, and look right. at all the effort that went. In. I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't tried pooping in the coffee pot it might break um let's let's wrap this episode up oh hey sam still busy shellacking for uh for uh, mountain goats oh so uh, that's still going on this okay. has been the oh no hey carol plug your instagram oh yeah it's just started um it's um life is the lesson plan with um life underscore is underscore <laughs> the underscore lesson plan and that's me are you laughing? I think that's great. I, I'm, laughing? I'm laughing at that she had to stop and think about her her Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like, is my brand. I was like, oh yeah, I did do that. <laughs> Sam, you want to plug anything? Uh, you can find me at your local library, sitting like a gremlin on the floor, leafing through a book, wondering if I can fit this one also in my backpack or if I need to come back for it. Well, there we go. This... This has been the Child Care Bar and Grill Podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. And oh, hey, by the way, reminder, um, based on something Lisa and I recorded about a couple of weeks ago in a two-part series, if your circle time activity requires that you strap the kids into their seats to get them to, uh, to, to stay in place, maybe you shouldn't be doing circle time or maybe you should... Uh, change things up a little bit uh free free the children uh back soon bye-bye wait what this has been an explorations early learning upstairs studio production oh